Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to historical episode number 50 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. So, can anybody out there listening to us actually believe that we've made it to 50? Other than <laughs> I, of course, because we're going to keep going until we die. But, I mean, 50 is a pretty big deal. So, congrats, my friend. You've done well. You've done well. I'm proud. I couldn't have done it without you. I mean, hey. it's, it's unbelievable. We've met up 50 times online to talk about the greatest thing in the world, which is dental laboratory technology. No it's, doubt. It's awesome. And, and a big thanks to everyone who's been with us along the way. It's been a great time. It has been a great time. More fun than I could possibly imagine when you asked me in the snow in Chicago if I would do a podcast, which I had no idea what the hell a podcast was. And I said, sure, Elvis, I'd love to do it. Why not? And now every Saturday for the last 50 weeks, you and I have been chit-chatting, come to know each other, and I'm really enjoying myself. So I'm very grateful, and I hope everybody enjoys listening. Hopefully the outcome is worthy of the journey. It's yep. been wonderful. Agreed. Agree. So let's do it. What are we doing for 50? We are bringing on a gentleman who had us on his YouTube channel way back in October. Yeah, when I look like the small blonde head. Yes. So Kate Tippett from Texas found our podcast online and thought he would share with us to his audience. Yep. If you go over to this episode's show notes, there'll be a direct link to the interview that he did with us. Now, I need everyone to be kind. <laughs> it was live. It was with oh, video. Yep. Uh, Barb looked like a tiny not, little person. Not the kind of video that you would hope to be watching in the middle of the day, but nonetheless, <laughs> the uh, small head and the uh, Elvis, you know, all of us live. All forehead. I was all forehead. <laughs> Yeah. So Kate Tippett and Steve Cesara are the two YouTube ortho guys that had us on that interview. So make sure you head over to the show notes to check it out. Yep. It was a ton of fun. And through that connection, Kate invited Barb and I to be part of the DLAT meeting in April to record. So that's going to be fantastic. That's just less than a month away. So for those of you that don't know, DLTA is... What that means is the Texas Dental Association, I believe. Is that correct, Elvis? Uh, the Dental Lab. It's D-L-A-T. Dental Lab Texas Association? Dental Lab of Texas Association. Dental Lab Association of Texas. Ah, so it's got to be D- Dumb and D-L- D- no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's DELAT. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so it's a Texas meeting, and Elvis and I will be there, and we're really enjoying our live interviews. So if you're going to be there at the Texas meeting, come see us. Yeah, definitely. We hope to get a lot of ortho technicians on because mm -hmm. um, I know they have a big presence at the DLAT meeting. So anybody who's going to be at that meeting or thinking about going to that meeting, make sure you stop by and say hi. So roll on. Let's talk to Cade. So we are happy to bring you the first of hopefully many ortho technicians on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We bring you Cade Tippett. NOAC Dental Supplies, so let's talk a little bit about them. Did you guys know that they also offer Millie Burrs for most mills, which I do use, by the way, 
They cover Roland, VHF, Armand Gerback, which we use, Whelan, which I use, in both diamond-coated and carbide burrs priced from $129 for CVD-coated to $39 for carbides. And I've said before, they beat most prices. At these prices, that is a 40% cost reduction per restoration thanks to the improved tool life and precision. Studies show that our Prima burrs are performing 29% longer than current market leader. Our CVD coated has 10 times more diamond thickness than our closest competitor. So again, give your NOAC dental representative a call and write this number down or the email. It's 1-800-654-7623 or online at www.noacdental.com. And I'm just telling you, they're amazing. So give them a shout. You'll save big time. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. I'd like to welcome to Voices from the Bench, Cade Tippett, who's a CDT from Tippett Orthodontic Lab in Farmsville, Texas. Greetings, sir. How are you? Good, good. It's it's Farmersville. Farmersville. Yeah. Uh, if it's not the most Texas-sounding town name ever, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. I would agree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I was going through a bunch of uh, weird names of Texas, and there are some weird, definitely some weird. Gun Barrel City is close to me. Interesting. So where are you in Texas? So if I'm in Dallas, where are you? I'm about an hour to hour and a half northeast of Dallas. Okay. All right. Cool. So there's a town north of Dallas called McKinney, mm-hmm. and I'm 30 minutes east of McKinney. Were you born and raised there? Or? I actually was born in Dallas wow. uh, and lived in McKinney, but I've kind of been all over Texas. Never lived outside the state, but I've been all over the state of Texas. My parents were in the banking industry in the 80s, and they went from job to job Wow! during the bad times in the banking industry in the 80s. And uh, so we moved around a lot. So how does a son of bankers <laughs> end up doing orthodontic lab work? <laughs> that Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, you would think I'd go into banking, and actually I'm a terrible with bookkeeping and finances, <laughs> which drives my mom and my dad crazy. I have an older sister, and we're both terrible with our finances. That's hilarious. I guess we're opposite of our parents, but uh, I actually, I got braces on in high school, and my orthodontist who was in the the bigger town next to where I grew up, which was Pilot Point, Texas, he moved his office to Pilot Point, and one day I was in there getting adjusted, and he was doing what they call a cephalometric examination, which they take a cephalometric radiograph a side profile of the face and they trace on it and do measurements to check growth patterns and stuff and you do it on a light board oh yeah uh, with you lay the x-ray on the light light board table and then you put this acetate paper over it and you trace it you know the the profile of the nose and the upper jaw lower jaw yeah high tech and uh, yeah yeah way before digital (laughs) x-rays so this was 94 he was doing that and he was complaining he was like i wish you assistants would learn to do this so I wouldn't have to do it you know he's saying it in a funny way and I was mm-hmm. I spoke up because I was in like art class and drafting class in high school I was like well I can do that wow. <laughs> he goes well you're hired 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? Okay. So I started working for him actually nights. I'd go in there and do cephalometric examinations. I would go in at about 6 p.m. They've already closed. And I'd get done with football practice. And I'd go in there and I'd do cephalometric examinations. Then he asked me to clean the office for him. So I'd clean it. And then during the summer, they asked, hey, would you be interested in coming in during the day? And I said, yes. So I started sterilizing instruments in the office and stuff. And then in the middle of the summer, like, would you like to assist? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, this junior in high school or junior going into senior high school, I was like, "Uh, sure, because I'm working on some of my classmates, (laughs) which is kind of weird. It is weird. Yeah. And I remember the first patient I worked on, her name was, her last name was Norris. And I was thinking, oh, God, she's related to Chuck Norris. Uh, she's going to kill me. <laughs> he's going to come after me. And and uh, but, and then from then on, I was like, well, man, I might want to become a, a dentist or orthodontist. And I went on track scholarship to Tarleton State University in Stephenville, Texas, Ooh. which is another ville yeah. I lived in, <laughs> and studied pre-med, pre-dental, wow. and applied for dental school. And at that time, I had started working for a local orthodontist in Stephenville, and he kind of took me under his wing, and he started showing me the lab side of it. So I started becoming an in-house lab tech and assistant while I was going through college, Hmm. and especially during the summers. And so I was applying for dental school. I didn't get in the first time because as the old saying, when you're an athlete, I I think I was going to college just to run track. (laughs) Yeah. So my grades weren't spectacular so I didn't get in the first time and at that time dental school was very competitive in Texas Texas was the place to go for some reason I think Mm -hmm. San Antonio was the number one dental school in America at the time or I don't know how they ranked those but uh I was applying for dental school and I, I got a pamphlet in from a dental laboratory technology school which was in San Antonio in the dental school. And when I first got it, I was like, what the hell? I'm not going to be no dental lab tech. <laughs> I want to be a dentist. Yeah. And the orthodontist I'm working for was like, Kate, I would go look at that. Cause if I had to do it over again, I might become a lab tech. Really? And so I went down there and visited the school and I really liked it. And so I applied and liked it so much. I didn't apply for dental school again Wow. and graduated. May of 2003, got my CDT October of 2003, and opened up my lab January of 2004. Wow. Been in it pretty much ever since. Uh, That's my backstory of how I got into it. (laughs) It It's kind of weird. So that's kind of special for me because, you know, everybody that we've talked to, it's either been a relative or a family member or they married into it. That's pretty cool, though, how you got into it. It's a totally different avenue. And I'm glad you uh, went to dental technology and not to dentists. That was probably a better route for you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I, being an assistant, I don't think I could have been the boss of assistants. No way. No way. And actually, the doctor I worked for in Stephenville said, I was very worried about hiring a male assistant because he's never had a male assistant before. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I was very worried. But he said later on, you know, after I've been there a few years, he goes, you know, you really came in and you really leveled out the levels, you know, he was a technology gadget guy and I was, and we could talk 
you know, nerd talk with each other that the other assistants could care less about. Sure. You know, he he actually built his own. It, this is 2000. He built his own computers wow. to use at the operatory station. So he built them. And then, you know, I, I helped him do that. And, and in fact, when he built his house, his contractor ran off with a whole bunch of money and he had to finish it out. And so I would actually get up at five thirty in the morning and go help him finish out building out his house, doing sheetrock. Mm-hmm. And so we got to hang out a lot. So he's been my mentor. And, uh, and, uh, in fact, I still work for him to this day. I was going to say, is he still a client? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. And he came by, uh, the house the other day and dropped off a thermoforming machine that I needed that was collecting dust in his attic. Aww. Wanted to see my 3d printer set up because cool. he was, uh, he's thinking about getting a 3d printer himself. So I got to see him for the first time in a few years. Kind of like me, you always like to use in your hands. Cause for me, I wasn't the most studious person. I was definitely an athlete, but I found dental technology and started using my hands and my brain. It just clicks. Yeah, Sounds like yeah, it's, it's similar. It's a great creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I was a student athlete. And, and in fact, you know, I probably had a C, low B average in, in school and mm-hmm. university. And then I went to dental lab school and I graduated first in my class. Yeah. Like 3.96. I mean, that was an instant. And I've, feel like I never even studied you know we'd go a bunch of us and probably some of the best friends ever made was in dental lab school and we're still friends to this day in fact I think three of them went on to become dentists after the school and the rest of us went on to become technicians and own our own labs yeah and that's not surprising because you know what our group of people we have fun we're smart we're innovative and uh, we're just a really good group of people I say that for all of us oh yeah yeah, I, I had such a blast in dental lab school. Um, it was I had great memories there, made really good friends. Yeah. So at that college, you learned all aspects of dental laboratory technology, removable, fixed, yes. ortho, everything? Yes, everything. So it was accredited, so it, it had, I guess, the same structure as most of them. It, it doesn't exist anymore, sadly. We don't yeah. have a single dental lab technology school in Texas. They're either East Coast or West Coast. Oh, well, I was going to ask you that. Damn. Yeah, that that was the last one to go, and it, it's really sad. It is sad. But they went the way of all the other ones. Uh, yeah, the first year, you took courses on every single one of them. And then the second year, you specialized. You chose your specialty and specialized. So there was, there was 24 in our class, and I think there was only about four that chose ortho. And I chose ortho because that's what I was familiar with, and that's what I was good at, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the other aspects, and I think – it's great to learn the other aspects because I use those other aspects a lot when I'm doing ortho also because I'll get a flipper in with six teeth and I'm like, man, this is a partial denture. Why are you sending this to me? <laughs> but I got to use my skills. I learned how to make a partial denture, all acrylic. So I still use it a lot. Yeah. So you do get non-ortho work in at your lab. You do a lot of removables? Yeah, we do actually put a lot of teeth in a retainers Mm -hmm. so it's not a far jump to make a retainer with a tooth in it that doesn't have a metal labial bone outside it turns into a partial denture all of a sudden interesting and you know we can bend clasp like nobody's business so we can put all the clasp on there now we use you know the cold cure acrylic technique which i don't think is near as strong as like press packing Mm -hmm. denture heat cured acrylic is probably not near as strong but we can produce them pretty quick too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
so yeah, we do night guards and man, I've made surgical splints before for upper and lower jaw surgery. I've done some weird like facial retraction splints that they pass the wire mm. through the splint up through the nasal cavity oh. and out between the oh eyes and then attach it to a Facebook. Oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> I've been asked to do some crazy things like that. You said you had a printer. So what are you using the printer for right now? Probably a lot of that. Actually not. Just printing models to make retainers. Wow. Uh, In fact, uh, that doctor that was my mentor, he got a scanner and that was, he called me and goes, Cade, do you have a 3D printer? I just bought a scanner. And I was like, holy crap. I thought I had about two (laughs) or three years before I had to buy a printer. (laughs) And he's my biggest client. So and then that same day, I dropped off some info at a dentist office that wanted some info. And the first question was, do you have a 3D printer? And I'm like, okay, Lord, is this a sign that I need to get a 3D printer? <laughs> and uh, so what this doctor, I, I finally worked the funds and got one. And this doctor, he scans the mouth after they get the braces off and digitally sends them to me. And I print them. We UPS back and forth. Mm-hmm. So. He's gotten rid of a lot of his shipping to me. So I'll get them immediately after they enter them in the computer. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I can start printing right then. So he has a D-band day. And D-band means, there's different terms, you take the braces off. And he'll schedule all his clients in one day for the month that's uh-huh. going to get the braces off. And throws a party. <laughs> so, and he has, I think he used to wear a tux. Or whenever I was assisting, he'd wear a tux and... The assistants wore black and white scrubs to match them. And then he'd have candy and popcorn and taffy and all the stuff you couldn't eat while braces on. He'd have it laid out in just a big candy buffet. So after they got their braces off and got done, they can go attack the candy bar and eat all the things they never could eat with braces on. It was it was it was pretty fun. That is super freaking cool. I love that idea. Yeah. party and um, eat everything you couldn't eat for two years that's awesome yeah but the the bad thing is the lab so he takes 24 impressions mm. that day so he can only fit about 12 of those patients in that day and so then i have to turn around 24 retainers in Oof. a week oh. and so he's been scanning them and i get them a day earlier and i can start printing that night so that so far so good are you printing the retainers? No, I don't know if they make a biocompatible long-term in the mouth 3D printing yeah. material. Mm-hmm. Y'all may know. I think they make surgical splits, but from what I've researched from the form, I have the form too, and I don't know if they have a biocompatible, but I, then yeah. I don't know how to put the, the wires in it. Sure. So I was going to ask you for a visual. So you get you get 24 impressions, you print the models or make the model. So what do you do? Do you wire the upper and the lower retainers? What does that look like? Walk me through that. I'm thinking after you wear braces for two years. So is a retainer a night retainer, a day retainer? What does it look like? 24 hours a day for the first year. Okay. Probably. Really? So think of it. So when you move your teeth, mm-hmm. you get... And I just did a presentation on this where I was talking to other different lab owners, kind of showing them the breakdown. Um, if you're interested, it's on my YouTube channel, Retainer Designer. I'll check it out. I'm curious. Super Spring Aligner, a case study in digital versus analog. And the first part of it, I go over the tooth movement in ortho. So as you put pressure on a tooth and it compresses those periodontal ligaments around the root, 
the compression side, the body releases osteoblasts mm-hmm. or osteoclasts, which dissolve the bone in front of those periodontal ligaments and makes it spongy. And then as it moves through that spongy bone, it releases osteoblasts on the backside and deposits bone on that side. So that's how it moves teeth, but it makes your, your jaws spongy. Okay. So when you get your braces off, it's kind of like you broke your arm, but you got to wear a cast for six weeks or whatever to let your bones set Mm -hmm. and you can't move them. So retainers are like a cast. So they, they retain the teeth position Mm -hmm. and while the bone solidifies around the new root positions. And that takes a year for that to happen, huh? Yeah, because over time, your teeth will try to go back to where they were yep. okay. uh, because of fibers in the gums and things like that. It takes a while for them to reset, longer than it does for the bone to solidify. The The gums are still trying to pull back on those teeth and put them back where they were. I've seen relapse cases where they look like just in a few months, it looked like where they started before they got the braces off because they never wore the retainer. So they automatically want to go back from where they came. That's pretty cool. So it's yeah. 24 hours a day and you wire the uh, the teeth on the facial and then it goes in. So what does that look like? So there's acrylic just on the mm-hmm. palate. So like a flipper, I guess, is how you would. So acrylic on the palate and the wire that crosses over the occlusion yep. distal to what I call the threes. So ortho has a whole different numbering scheme. So Six and 11, I guess, uh, canines. Yep. So there's a wire and it's got an adjustment loop so the doctor can continuously adjust it and tighten it. Then it's got two clasps in the back. It can be of any type. And that's pretty much it. Labial bow, two clasps in the back, and acrylic palette to hold all those wires together. Okay. Hmm. And so the acrylic holds the teeth from the lingual side. The wire holds the facial of the teeth. The anterior teeth, since they got single roots, they're easier to rotate. They rotate easier especially your lower teeth because they're tiny. Yeah. That's what I do. I make, um, well. You make music. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know my phone made this sound. Okay, there we go. So I get the retainers out of the curing unit and then I just start making retainers on them. Bend the wire, then I put the acrylic on there. We use salt and pepper method where we, Put a layer of monomer, put a layer of polymer, put a layer of monomer, polymer, and that we build it up. Put it in a pressure pot for like 10 minutes, and we can pop it off the 3D printed model, which is tricky because the resin we use to 3D print is a sister component of our acrylic. So they like to chemically bond oh, together. interesting. Wow. So there's a whole debate on how to use, and I can't even tell you what, I use to as separator. Usually there's tinfoil substitute on stone models. Like you would even use for dentures and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you got to use something different. And the funny thing is, one of the things we're dealing with in ortho is we're legally only allowed to promote a certain brand of 3D printed separator. Wow. This company got a patent on 3D separation or separation off a 3D model. And they will send a cease and desist order. They monitor our Facebook accounts or our social media accounts. And if we recommend anything besides there, they send a cease and desist order. to you. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then we trim it and we pumice it and polish it. So there's a lot of equipment in there that duplicates in like the denture lab or something mm-hmm. like that. And we send it out and that's it. 
That's awesome. I love that. I remember when I got my braces off, I did not wear my upper retainer. They actually cemented a lower on the lingual side with a band. So I had two pieces of cement and then I had a little bit of a retainer on my lingual. But my my uppers definitely moved, changed my bite for sure. So it's good to know. I had no idea. I don't remember back that far, but I know I didn't wear it. <laughs> yeah, going back to the retainer wear time, it's, it's a year. Usually uh, everybody's different and everybody's body's different. Some get a lot of relapse, some don't get much. And then as you get older, your teeth shift anyway. So mm-hmm. one of my doctors recommends 24 hours a day, day and night, except when you're eating. And then they, after a year, they go to nighttime only mm-hmm. for like another year. And so they only wear them at night. And then after that, they go to one night a week for the rest of mm-hmm. their life. Cool. Okay. And, and in fact, I've replaced a retainer on a 75-year-old lady who had her braces in the 80s. Wow. And wore her retainer re- religiously every night. And that that's the good thing about wire and acrylic retainer. They'll, they'll last about 20 or 30 years if you take care of them. Mm. Whereas those Invisalign type aligners last 18 months. I was actually going to ask you about that. What's your opinion on that Invisalign and the way that they're, they're handling that? I know a lot of orthodontists don't like Invisalign because mm-hmm. they, they don't have that hands-on, you know, that they get with yeah. the braces. They, it's all digital. And this is the, actually the reason why that one dentist came and we looked at my 3D printer is he was going to do in-house aligners. Mm-hmm. It, that way he has more control over it. Now that Invisalign lost their patents, there's going to be so many more companies that can do Invisalign type aligners. So you'll you'll be seeing a lot more of doctors doing hybrid methods of braces for six months and then aligners for the rest of the treatment plan for the rest of two years. And then whatever they decide to use, if they use clear trays, those invisible retainers for retention, they got to replace them every couple of years because they yeah. wear out. Sure. I was going to say, it's just like anything else. Digital digital's taking over that market. These docs, I don't think are trained um, as well as they could or should be. You know, it's it's here, but I'm thinking it's not as good as what anywhere near um, what you and your doctors are providing patient care. So that's my thoughts. Yeah. Anyways. yeah. It's very suspect sometimes. Like who's actually resetting these teeth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is it- an acne-filled, snot-nosed <laughs> teenager, you know, somewhere in California. Yeah, you know, exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. They're talented, but you kind of need... Experience. And I was talking with a 3D printed, who I used to get my 3D printing company with here locally, and they and she's working with someone who they want CDT lab technicians resetting the teeth for the doctors and have direct connection with the doctors you know, local CDTs resetting the teeth digitally. Yeah. I'm kind of getting a little off subject. I've been really impressed because she called me. She said, okay, Kay, the lab I was recommending to my doctors when they called found out they're not registered with the state of Texas. He has a CDT. And I was surprised that the doctors knew to go look to see, because Texas, we have different laws. Mm-hmm. Um, than other states. Yeah, you guys have a lot of laws. Trust me. I've had to, uh, I've had, <laughs> I work in Texas and I have to be certified and I have to be registered. And so I'm impressed with that. I like that, but I, I hear where you're going. Yeah. So this lab didn't know that they had to register and even internal in Texas didn't know. Wow. Which surprised me. And in fact, when 
I didn't know. And that was one of the reasons I chose to go to school was when I was an in-house tech with Dr. Hubbard is, is the guy I was working with that just pushed me to go to lab school. He wanted me to start doing work for other labs. And we researched it and found if I do work for other, sorry, other doctors, I need to be registered. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just register as a lab. Oh, I need to be a CDT. Mm. Oh, okay. I need to, in Texas, you have to have a CDT on staff 30 hours a week mm-hmm. to register your lab with the state. Wow. And doctors cannot knowingly send to an unregistered lab. So it's written on both sides in the Dental Practice Act. So I was like, well, what's my fastest route to CDT? (laughs) I found out it's that school. Wow. Um, Two years of accredited school and you're cleared to take your test. So it was that long ago that you guys had those laws in place. That's pretty impressive. Since 1987. Wow. Wow. So if you opened your lab prior to 1987, you have to register your lab, but you do not have to have a CDT on staff. Hmm. But you do have to have continuing education, and you have to turn in your hours to the State Board of Dental Examiners of Texas. Hmm. So it's still the requirements. They still have to get continuing education. They don't require that with other labs who have a CDT because it is required of CDTs to get continuing education hours every year. So as long as you have a fully maintained CDT license, they know someone is on staff that has been getting to continuing education. In fact, had to work in the industry, you know, a minimum of 10 years to even be able to pass the test. Sure. Yeah. It's guaranteed in the state of Texas or any lab, even if you're in Florida that registers the state, there's somebody there with at least a decade of experience, mm-hmm. lab experience for the doctor to talk to if they need to. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. I mean, we've talked a lot on the podcast regarding state regulations, and uh, I think Texas is doing it right. Yeah, and I'm getting into my DLAT presidency a little bit that I served for two years as president. And on the board, we I dealt with this a lot. Texas went through a sunset. Do y'all know? I don't know if any other state legislatures do that. They It's a sunset where they go through the laws and cut the fat. <laughs> pretty much, which I, I'm kind of for, Yeah, <laughs> you know, a little bit minimal government, you know, sure. take away some of the bureaucracy that's not working. Well, the state board dental examiners had a group called the DLCC, the Dental Lab Certification Council, mm-hmm. which the DLAT, our state association, appointed three people to serve on that council. And so when people would send in their registrations or renewals to the state board, they would then forward it to this council, which would then review the applications. And since it's a small knit group, our dental lab, we know who's working for who, you know, somebody in that group has heard of somebody and can, and say, Oh, we know for sure that CDT is working in another lab. They can't be working in two labs at once. And so then they would send back to the state board, a stamp of, we recommend approval, we recommend denial. And, uh, Mm -hmm then the state board would make their judgment based on those recommendations. Well, we lost the DLCC in that. So we don't have representation in that sense anymore in Texas, mm-hmm. but we still have to pay, you know, our registration dues to, to the state board. Yeah. So who approves and denies now if that council is no longer around? It's, it's the state board. Mm-hmm. And when I reopened my lab January of 2018, it took me three tries to get my license 
because uh, I kept sending it back because I didn't dot my T's and, you know, cross my I's. Oh, my God. That's totally me. Oh, you. I've been trying to get registered with state of Texas, and now they sent it back to me again. And I'm yeah. rag on them if they're listening, but it's like, holy moly. It's been like three months, and I still haven't been able to get re-registered. Yeah, I've, I've ran into the same problem. Yeah. I, you know, I sent it in. They said, you can't have any blank spots. you got to put N-A yep. in each oh. blank spot. I'm like, it's pretty obvious if I don't fill it in. I, it doesn't apply. <laughs> yeah. And they've become very sticklers with oh. the application form. Yeah. Because they've lost the DLCC, who they just took their recommendation yeah. from. Because we can read the form and go, Oh, this is a mom and pop. Yeah. And it's so and so. Okay. Approved. So my CDT says Cade Tippett. My full name is Charles Cade Tippett. Oh. So my license says Charles Cade Tippett. So you know how you have to go get it notarized? Yeah. Yep. Who the CDT is? Well, they put my CDT as Cade Tippett and the other part of it, Charles K. Tippett. So then they rejected it again because that two different names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I happened like, to me. <laughs> I know. I had my name wrong and I didn't do NA and I didn't have something else right. It's been two times now and it takes like a month in between every time I send it in or longer um, to get it back to be able to register. So it's, it's been a little frustrating for me, but I get it. Yeah. They don't know the industry, so they just totally depend on the application form, which the DLCC was trying to get changed toward the end. Because the wording on it made it sound like if you were a one-person lab with no employees, you don't have to register. But it didn't say that if you're an in-house lab, you don't have to register is what it should say. So there's nobody on the board approving or not approving that is a representative of laboratories? It's all dentists? Yes. Hmm. And they, I feel bad because they... Their board of directors was 11 people, and they cut them down to nine. Mm. And I think of that nine, there's two public people. So they have dentists, and then they have a hygienist on there. Yeah. And I think our next legislation, probably going to try to get a lab tech on the board somehow, or at least in that public spot, sure. so that you know there's some representation there. The way they went to a kind of a committee, I forget what they call it, where so I've set up our email. So we have a president at DLAT.org and that transfers, that email transfers to each president. Mm-hmm. And I've assigned that to the state board email. So whenever they have an issue that comes up regarding dental labs, they'll email us and then we can send a representation for the hearing and try to be their front and center sure. with a representative. And so that's where it's at right now. And so we have to work out that issue <laughs> When we finally get an email that they need us. Yeah. So let's segue into that. So the Dental Lab Association of Texas, commonly known as the DLAC. A big thanks to Cade Tippett for taking the time to chat with us. We super appreciate your support of the podcast and all that you do for the dental laboratory industry in Texas. Join us next week as we continue the conversation with Cade and we talk more about the ortho aspect of our industry and the DLAT meeting. And Cade even stopped to say hi at LMT. So we were in Chicago and he popped over and said hi. We didn't get a chance to interview him because he was checking a flight, but it was good to see him in person. We, we thought it was amazing. Again, much support. So thanks, Cade. Yeah, it was awesome. He came all the way up from Texas for just the component meeting that the NADL puts on in Chicago oh, and he really? was able to stop. Yeah. He was That's able true. to stop by the exhibit hall for like a couple hours and then catch a plane. That is some dedication folks. <laughs> totally.
That's what makes him amazing. So be sure to check us out at the 2019 DLAT, which is the Dental Lab Association of Texas Conference, April 5th and 6th. The schedule is jam-packed with some big names. You got the two keynote speakers, Peter Peasy and Robert Cryer, top off the great list of people that also include Victor Castro, Gary Morgan, Jim Emmons, Jim Collis, Tom Zaleski. I mean, the list goes on. Awesome. Yeah, many of them who we've had here on the podcast before, and many we hope to have on the podcast in the future. I was just thinking that when you were saying that. I was thinking, wow, we've interviewed quite a few of those gentlemen. Yeah. Awesome. Barb and I will be in the exhibit hall lounge looking to record some of the great technicians who are attending the meeting. Be sure to come by and say hello. If you're thinking about going to the conference, head over to this episode show notes for a link to the schedule and location information. I love you. I love our podcast. I can't believe that we've made it for 50 episodes, but I'm so proud to be standing next to you and all of the interviews that we've done and all of the people that we've talked to. I just think it's extremely relevant. So thanks, Elvis. Thank you, the industry. Thank you for listening to us. It's been quite the journey. I've loved every minute of it. I had no idea that within the first year we'd be set up at Lab Day. And then <laughs> I know within a few months, we've lined up so many great places to be and so many great interviews. It's fantastic. I know. Let's keep doing it. It really is. I'm going to spend way too much time with you. I might end up killing you. But if I do, they'll remember us from these podcasts. Do me a favor. Make it quick. <laughs> I will. No worries. That will happen. If you know me as a dental technician, you know I'm one fast mother Very fast, but I'm fast. They know me as right, be brief, and be done. There you go. What a way to go. We hope to see you all in Texas. Come out and say howdy. (laughs) (laughs) Howdy. That's how you can say it. Right, Cade? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. What do you say we meet back up and do this again next week? All right. Ciao. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Sorry, that was my cat. What was that? (laughs) That was my big, fat-ass f***ing cat.